welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. The opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the independent order of Odd Fellows. Our conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. And now, let's continue the journey. How are you? I'm well. How are things? They're good. What's mm-hmm. the name of this show? Um, antiquated sheep herder. Yeah, something, something like that. But maybe, yeah. maybe you're in opposite day, and it's actually modern goat rider. You know what, Billy? I think you're correct. Well, welcome, listeners, to the Modern Goat Rider podcast, a Odd Fellows podcast for members and people curious about Odd Fellowship. How are you today, Tara? I am great. It is smelling like spring. Hyacinths are out. And I'm drinking coffee from a local roastery coffee shop. And it's delightful and helping me uh, get through my workday. Oh, cool. Well, let's, let's, let's uh, frame this up for listeners who are incredibly curious about our lives. So we recorded this uh, interview last evening. And we were at the hall in the ante room. Mm-hmm. We had three wonderful guests who mm-hmm. represented each of the lodges in Victoria, and we recorded for about an hour, and then we kept going afterwards, and uh, we got home kind of late for a podcast crew, and uh, I didn't do any editing yet. We've decided to do the intro today, and we're just going to do a little lead-in on what's been, uh, what the listeners are going to hear in this episode about Grand Lodge. Mm-hmm. So you had fun. I had fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I think we would enjoy each other's company anyways, but there's something about that post COVID hangout. That's just so nice and refreshing because we haven't had a chance to do it in a while. So it just, every time it feels like a treat and like I'm maybe doing something like a little bit illegal, except we're allowed now. Yeah. Hint of danger. Hint of danger. Yeah, it was, well, you know, and, and this crew, as we were kind of recruiting them, you know, we, we threw this out to these three people and one of them is like heavily entrenched in Grand Lodge for a few mm-hmm. years. And it made perfect sense that we had Becky Ald, uh, Grand Secretary of BC on mm-hmm. uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of gave the other two, you know, a little bit of a warning what we were going to talk about. What was your take on on kind of how Aaron and uh, Scott Shaw, Aaron Hill Hall and Scott Shaw took up the task. Well, I mean, they were very gracious to come spend time with us, but I think they were a little bit concerned that we weren't going to have a lot to talk about. Just, um, you know, in Scott's case, he doesn't have a ton of necessarily FaceTime put into Grand Lodge, but um, as it turns out, we had lots to chat about and it was really informative, especially for me who, um, wasn't totally up to date on the role of Grand Lodge relative to the other lodges as well. So it was a little bit um, uh, lacking in that knowledge base. So it was helpful for me. Yeah, they brought some clarity. We mm-hmm. rambled around a few things, you know, in the mm-hmm. idea of having these three people who are not uh, 65 plus retired folks uh, in Grand Lodge. This is the uh, 
what we hope is a new wave of, of younger folks participating in officers' roles, but also just attending sessions. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about the importance, I guess, of um, continuity and institutional memory. So the folks who have been putting the time in for Grand Lodge for a while, but you need, you know, fresh ideas, fresh blood, um, like anything else in order to, to sort of plan for the future. So really grateful that those folks have taken the time to do that so far in Grand Lodge. And hopefully anyone who's curious about it, and especially those who have that sort of governance analytical mind, it's a great task for them. Yeah, and it is a lodge, and that comes up a couple times, you know, so mm -hmm. as, as an opportunity grows for someone who finishes their term as Noble Grand in the subordinate lodge, and they, you know, holding the position of a of junior or senior past Grand, you know, the opportunity to go to Grand Lodge and become a representative, uh, we ex that they explain that as well as just the opportunities that are there because there are additional leadership activities there that uh, we are told about when we join that we should mm. uh, we should pursue higher callings within the order mm. and um, but th this breaks you know kind of um, pulls the curtain back a little bit is the intent yeah. it might be us in two years you never know yeah you never know but <laughs> Before we get to them, I just yes. want to uh, give a good shout out to our listeners because we continue to uh, impress ourselves <laughs> and, our, and our small group of uh, podcasting uh, community uh, that uh, we, we continue to do a really uh, good job of uh, getting downloads. And so we're very pleased that people share our podcast uh, links when they see them and uh, and we got a request for someone to come on the show through info at moderngoatrider.com um, and uh, we're excited to do that interview that one will be coming up soon mm -hmm. and, uh, it has a bit of a grand lodge slant as well that interview so we'll piggy the back that one in tight to this one and um, yeah hopefully uh, uh, hopefully that one comes out soon and we can uh, drive more young people aka young people hip 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 folks uh to grand lodge and to the leadership opportunities in grand lodge so i know you're out there get yourself in the noble grand seat and then get up to grand lodge we need you we need you mm -hmm. and uh so yeah why don't we get to the interview sounds good here's scott becky and aaron so this evening we have three illustrious guests joining billy and i i will let the folks self-introduce um with who they are and their lodge and their current stations within the odd fellows order uh hi i'm aaron hall i'm a member of victoria lodge number one i'm a, a past noble grand there um and uh i'm the grand warden of the bc lodge and the district deputy grand master for the uh, island district for bc grand lodge Welcome here. Thanks for coming. All right. Uh, my name is Becky Ault. I'm the past noble grand of Bastion number four in Victoria, and I'm the grand secretary of the Grand Lodge of BC uh, currently and have been for the last few years. Uh, I'm Scott Shaw. I'm a member of uh, Columbia Two. 
and uh, I'm currently nothing. I did my stint as Noble Grand, but I don't currently have a station. Why Sage? Mm-hmm. Yes. But you have been a DDGM. I have been a DDGM. For the island? Yes. Okay. So just clarify, how many lodges are in the district? There is... There's the three in our building here, and the one in Nanaimo. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. So two yeah. locations, yeah. four that's lodges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, for the people who don't live on the island, need to know that sort of stuff. And Nanaimo is about an hour and a half away. So there's three that share the same physical building and then one yeah. off-site. Exactly. Yes. So we have brought you together, some of you reluctantly, but <laughs> everyone is here uh, on this lovely evening. Here face to face. Face to face yeah. in the ante room. We've returned to the ante room uh, to talk about Grand Lodge and about stations within Grand Lodge um, and Grand Lodge sessions. Now, as we were chatting before, uh, the Modern Grote Writer Show isn't going to just lecture somebody on what Grand Lodge is, on everything, but we do need to give some background and so forth about what Grand Lodge relationship is to the lodge that they might be a member of, and to give an explanation of how Grand Lodge uh, supports, uh, and how they administer or they take care of things that make this lodge and all the lodges in the jurisdiction maintain and exist. We're going to talk a lot about maybe how things get better because we know that every Grand Lodge has bumps in the road but uh, yeah we brought you guys together because you have uh, some level of experience within it and uh, and I have none. Yeah certainly more than me. Yeah I've been to one session and uh, it was here in Victoria. Who would like to explain what Grand Lodge is? The current Grand Lodge Secretary. Hey, everybody's looking at me. <laughs> uh, Grand Lodge is the governing body for this jurisdiction. So the jurisdiction. Oh, I should be louder. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, all right. Uh, Grand Lodge is the governing body for our jurisdiction, which is the jurisdiction of BC. Each province or state is sort of its own jurisdiction. Uh, we govern the lodges underneath of us and every jurisdiction has a different number of lodges. BC has 15 Oddfellow Lodges. The grant, All the Grand Lodges have to answer to Sovereign Grand Lodge. That would be our the head of our organization. They send down bylaws, rules, regulations, things like that, and then it is our job to pass on that information to the lodges in our jurisdiction to keep that communication uh, between lodges and governing bodies uh, current and relevant. There's Grand, yeah. And Grand Lodge has a, has a budget, has funding and so forth, so how is Grand Lodge funded? Uh, Grand Lodge, our Grand Lodge, and again everyone is mm -hmm. different, but the Grand Lodge of BC has a number of fund investments okay. and we draw the interest uh, just sort of whatever those funds make. That's mm -hmm. what we run off of. Uh, we have an operating budget uh, that we run off of every year. Uh, that budget may include helping some of the lodges that are struggling. For example, during COVID, there were certain lodges in the province that rely on rentals to mm. keep their buildings up and running. But right. if you can't have weddings and things, you can't have rentals, so they would fall behind on their bills. Grand Lodge can then step in and use one of those or one of the um, earnings from one of those funds to to help 
those lodges with some of their expenses. They, um, some of the funds go towards visiting around the province. So the current Grand Master will, um, part of his or her duty would be to travel and visit every lodge in the province. Like have mm. a formal, uh, you know, a formal visit, dinner, uh, you know, meeting, message, mm -hmm. stuff right. like that. Uh, so a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but a portion of funds will go towards supporting that travel. And it creates a community and communication amongst all the lodges with their sort of governing body. The Grand Master will also have someone that travels with them and others can join in if they want or are able, but that isn't necessarily all paid for. It's the Grand Masters paid for. Um, they'll also send representatives, sorry, to like Sovereign Grand Lodge, a meeting, or to Grand Lodge of Alberta, or things right. like that, just to kind of reach out a little bit further, find out what other jurisdictions and other uh, people are doing to then bring back and okay. report. I just had a question a little yeah. bit about um, bylaws. And, you know, if, if you think about it, so in Canada, federal, provincial, municipal powers, yeah. if you want to think about those tiers. And, you know, at our lodge level, we have bylaws. So what are some of the bylaws um, that Grand Lodge oversees versus what individual law lodges have for them? Like, Please don't make me read all the bylaws. No, 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 not at all, not um, at all. But like so, Grand Oversight is, I'm, I'm guessing things yeah. like what qualifies as a member, et cetera, et cetera. But I know we have bylaws around um, like member discipline or there's, you know, some of those kind of bits and bobs that are specific to us. So what does Grand Lodge oversee? I would have to look it up. Okay. Honestly, okay. it's pretty. But it's big ticket. It's like the big ticket items. Pages or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, Sovereign Grand Lodge will set down a fairly open, loose set of bylaws mm -hmm. um, that every other, like everything else, has to fall under. So then Grand Lodge can create its own set of bylaws for its jurisdiction, mm -hmm. as long as they fall underneath Sovereign Grand Lodge. Uh, in Canada, we also have to fall under uh, Societies Act right. as well. Of course. Um, in BC, yeah. The BC Societies. So but they would decide what qualifies as a new lodge. Like if you wanted to, like submitting a charter or yes. relinquishing your charter, like that kind of yes, thing comes to Grand Lodge. Yeah, there would be a specific bylaw that says you have to have this number of people with mm -hmm. this degree. Um, you know, there will be specific things like that set out. Whereas mm -hmm. the individual lodges won't have things like that necessarily in their bylaws. They'll be a little bit more member base. Ours will be a little broader. Sovereign Grand Lodge are even broader. Gotcha. Right. And even though they're broad, they're not. Uh, it's not a small book. It's uh, the yeah the general <laughs> rules, general laws, general laws is what it's called. I think yeah. a couple hundred Code pages. Code of general. Code laws of general laws. in the mm. constitution. So, Becky, the one thing that you missed that I think most members in a in a subordinate lodge would know about is the per capita tax that yes. is paid per member. So you pay your dues, whatever it is at your local lodge, and your local lodge sets their own dues, but they pay per capita to yes. Grand Lodge. So yeah, any lodge can set dues at whatever they want. They cannot be, well, I guess they could, but they, yeah, they're not supposed to be less than $65 per person. Uh, you have to, every lodge will pay per head $65 per person to Grand Lodge. Right. Out of that $65, $23.50 in US funds. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that is. It's 80 cents of the dollar right now. Anyways, okay. wants to do that <laughs> so whatever that works out as a Canadian, we have to send that to Sovereign Grand Lodge right. in order to hold our charter. So we don't keep that whole 65 bucks, you know, half of it gets sent down to Sovereign Grand Lodge. Mm. Some of, and then the remainder that stays can go into some operating 
uh, uh, into the operating budget. Okay. What's the Grand Lodge of BC's building like? Is it illustrious and glorious? It's here. We're in it. Oh, right. It is. My office is down the hall. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> the There's a little, there is a little tiny clack. <laughs> and we do own various other properties in the yeah. province outright, you know. Um, so one of the largest sources of revenue for Sovereign Grand Lodge really is the... Grand, Grand Lodge. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Grand Lodge of BC is the... Um, the apartment building we own in Port Alberni. Mm, yeah, it produces a significant amount of revenue uh, for Grand Lodge mm -hmm. uh, in comparison to everything else. It just brings in a lot of cash mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Uh, so our books have been not great uh, before and recently they've been great. Yeah, You know, we're doing good. We are supporting other lodges in BC that are mm -hmm. having difficulty paying their taxes and mm -hmm. insurance and mm -hmm. we have the money to support them mm -hmm. you know and that is one of the mandates of Grand Lodge is to support lodges that are uh, having difficulty okay you know um, throughout the province so it's uh, odd fellows in BC mm -hmm. as a whole yeah you reminded me about that the Aerosmith one before that because mm. we weren't collecting money on that when I first came in. Oh. So the money came only from funds per capita yeah. dues. Right. And uh, yeah, looking through well, the previous books before me, it was always falling short. So they were pulling from other areas. Okay. There was always kind of mm -hmm. an issue. And uh, You're yeah. cash positive. We're cash positive now okay. yeah. with that building. With that building. Yeah. I have a question actually. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Just just circling back to investments, it just peaked something and if no one knows us, that's cool. But I used to work uh, in investing and then do our investments, is there any oversight to the nature of the investments that we have, like socially responsible investments or any kind of reflection of FLT or standards like no tobacco, no, you know, there's different kinds of ethical investments, but any kind of lens put on that? No. How, how are the investments decided? Is it like um, through everything I know it has to be through a chartered bank that is in the bylaws mm -hmm. it can't be through like some people have said credit we should unions. go into first mortgages or credit unions and that's not has to be a chartered bank mm -hmm. um, we have a financial advisor that mm. uh, invests the funds in whatever sort of portfolios he deems best and right. they're really spread out I don't like reading all those lines. Yeah. No, I don't know. I can't say if some of them would be in something like, for example, tobacco or something else. Which is interesting, and so I lost a little bit on this, but like, there's a certain amount of shareholder activism that's possible that I sounds like we probably haven't done, and I'm wondering if there'd be any kind of interest in that, not with me, but you can um, advocate as a shareholder for companies to prompt them to do better things at their annual general meetings. Yeah. So we could sort of push if anyone was interested, uh, FLT type um, uh, actions mm -hmm. on the investments, especially if we have a large portfolio of certain companies, then we can have a voice at the table to prompt them to be more responsible to their workers, et cetera, et cetera. Which well, is I know that our time, at least my observation is our time in Grand Lodge is mostly consumed with um, managing first the day-to-day -day tasks. Right, of course. So, Managing the money okay. that's coming in yeah. is vital, so we do that. Um, we uh, Second, we manage the money that we have, uh, which is secondary. Mm -hmm. And then third, we try not to lose it all. Yeah, of course. Know? So we try to be careful with our spending. <clears throat> and so those three tasks uh, occupy about 80% of our 
Grand Lodge time in the last 20% seems to be focused on policy, on communication strategies, mm-hmm. on being a positive force in BC, which is not easy because we can't please everyone. So um, we spend a lot of time talking about what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than those three things, we pretty much just spend a lot of time talking about how we're going to present this piece of information to this particular individual. Mm-hmm. You know, So we're going to be talking to a person at a lodge somewhere in interior BC. Well, mm-hmm. What are we actually going to say to that person? We want to present this message in a complimentary way mm-hmm. um, without um, taking away from Grand Lodge's Lodge's position and also not from taking away from their position. So right. to create a, a positive interaction mm-hmm. that is uh, upholding of the Grand Lodge uh, agenda mm-hmm. and their lodges, their individual lodges agenda. And that's difficult. Yeah, you're that invested in maintaining relationships for sure. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have to you know, interpret what they're looking for from Grand Lodge, which mm-hmm. is truly interpretive. When we sit mm-hmm. around, well, this person said this and that person said that and 40 years ago this happened and <laughs> you know so we have some wise people on Grand Lodge to mm-hmm. help steer our direction to make sure that we don't come across as um, like uncaring or or something some negative thing mm-hmm. it's very easy when we're conveying information that is vulnerable about finances towards a lodge or membership towards a lodge or it's very easy for us in the position as Grand Lodge uh, to appear heavy-handed, to mm. appear forceful and uh, domineering, and all of these sort of you know conspiracy theory style things that get perpetrated onto any governing body, right? And it's very easy for us to uh, fall prey to that little mm. dialogue, you know. Mm-hmm. So we we in our Grand Lodge, I know that we spend quite a lot of time making sure that our communications to these individual lodges are clear and Mm. based on a positive agenda right you know um and it's not easy that's Mm -hmm. not easy Mm -hmm. i can tell you that right now for us for me anyways it's amazing how much time we spend on that and after that there's really no time left like the meetings are you know we only have so much time for grand lodge Mm -hmm. so after those things you know the money coming in making sure we deal something with it and making sure we don't lose it all then the last is I, i would call it policy either creation of or implementation of mm-hmm. Grand Lodge policy. It's all mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. lot though, yeah. It's a lot. And so yeah. there's, you know, there's that phrase, there's a truck to be driven there. Like anyone who wants to get involved in any of that kind of stuff and do something positive, there's lots of opportunity in Grand Lodge to do all kinds of things. We mm-hmm. own all kinds of properties all over the province that need care and attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody wanted to do something for those properties and create something in BC, Grand Lodge is the tool to do it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's there's massive opportunities. People have done amazing things through Grand Lodge, you know, in the past. So taking a step back and talking about a couple of things that I want to cover is that. To be in Grand Lodge, you need to be a past, no, a past grand, past noble grand. So you've completed your term in noble grand in your lodge, and you have decided to go on to be a. You've attended. First of all, you're a past grand in your lodge, yes. right? And then you've attended a Grand Lodge session and taken the Grand Lodge degree, right? And then you can apply or find someone on Grand Lodge to nominate you for a position. Or you could be part of a committee. Okay, so appointed. that's how you get on a committee is elected or appointed. Appointed, 
and to be a representative for Grand Lodge sessions, which you had talked mm -hmm. about two coming from Victoria, one, and there'll be two from Columbia. Mm -hmm. That is also someone who has completed the degree or will be getting the degree at sessions. At sessions is possible, yeah. Right. Okay. They always have the degree in advance. So as a generalization, uh, would it be safe to say that a lodge tends to send the same people to sessions uh, because people are not interested in taking the grand degree? No? Head shakes. That doesn't, that doesn't no. play well on a podcast. Head shakes don't Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> I didn't want to just talk. <laughs> in Lodge 1, I wouldn't say that's the case. You know, I mean, there's definitely people who have gone more than once because they like it there. Okay. You know, for some people, Grand Lodge sessions are a super great event. Okay. Other people will go because they have an agenda that they want to push. Right. So they're going to push a motion. They want to compel the motion. Mm -hmm. They want to stand up in front of everyone and say, this is why this motion should be passed. Right. You know? Okay. That could be a reason why they're going. Uh, and it could be the same person or it could not be. Okay. And then right. sometimes I think you're appointed by your lodge to go as a representative, right? Isn't that kind of how you went? Yeah. Scott? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was going to say also, it's kind of a separate topic, but uh, a lot of Noble Grands get kind of burned out after their stint as Noble Grand. And so they kind of take a break and some of them maybe don't come back for a while. And so uh, I found in our lodge, it's sort of who's available to go to right. sessions um, there isn't always more than two that are are there at the time it can make the time to go anyway so mm -hmm. um, but yeah I went because I don't think there was too many previous uh, noble grands there past grands to go mm -hmm. um, and plus you, you kind of don't want to I've kind of felt like I want to make room for the next guy to go and experience it anyway I don't want to keep going year after year like uh, upcoming guys to go and experience so. okay mm -hmm. so that's that's good to hear because I kind of when I I'm gonna tell a little story but when I kind of joined because there was a few I guess initiation classes and they were explaining it was Noble Grand was explaining who Grand Lodge is um, because I think in, in the end of the initiation it says that you should go on and you know mm -hmm. complete your degrees and become you know uh, officers and so forth um, and so they were explaining what Grand Lodge was and someone stood up and said listen you don't have to be part of that Grand Lodge thing you could be here for 10 years and you'll never have to you know be part of that you know and it was I took it as oh what does that mean that's kind of strange that you know they just tell us that we should really push ourselves and we should you know go on and get our degrees and maybe go to Grand Lodge and then this other person stands up and says you know it's not that important but obviously it's important because we hear from Grand Lodge. We, we're actively communicating with Grand Lodge quite often and, and Grand Lodge can, in certain cases, be the helping hand. Mm -hmm. And we're not odd fellows unless we have a charter. Right. Yeah. Which we get from Grand Lodge. Grand Lodge, which Grand Lodge gets from Sovereign. Grand Lodge, yeah. Right, and Sovereign and Grand Lodge got its charter from Manchester. From right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're just a, you know, a bunch of people. If we don't have that charter, right? That's what makes odd fellow. That's what you know, right? So without that structure in place, okay. So I'm glad to hear that there's people that are there's there there's uh, it's more than the regular the same old two always going. Um, but what? Really? Yes. That 
depends a little bit on the lodges too. Mm -hmm. I've gone for quite a few years. Sure. So the the larger lodges where they're getting new, you know, new vice, new noble, I've seen most often there is a new face from those lodges every year. Sometimes there'll be one new one and one old one. Um, Other years, it'll Mm -hmm. just be new people. There's a lot of smaller lodges in the province that have memberships of, you know, six to 12. Right. Uh, those ones, we do see the same mm-hmm. faces sort of year after year. It's the couple of people that just really like going. Right. Um, or yes, they're trying to, they have something that they want to speak on, so they feel it's better to speak in person. Mm-hmm. So those guys, we will see the same, uh, the same faces. But mm-hmm. from the, the bigger lodges, it does seem to be different every year. Okay. For representatives. Okay. It's probably a nice mix though, hey? You have a little bit of institutional memory, but then mm-hmm. some fresh ideas. Because for me, yeah. honestly, like Grand Lodge to me was like the people behind the curtain, behind the curtain, they're just over there and every once in a while we got a stern email. So yeah. like having you three <laughs> here, for example, like putting faces to Grand Lodge and like I too can be part of Grand Lodge one day. Like it's kind of nice to see a very real connection, at least my, at my lodge or, you know, in my um, neighboring lodge levels mm-hmm. of people that go. And it's not because you've been part of Oddfellows for a hundred years that you mm-hmm. are deemed to go. It's a, it's a very... Yeah. And it's nice to see accessible thing. the people that do go every year because they know how, how to roll. They know mm-hmm. how it's done. They mm-hmm. know every, they've been doing it way longer than us. So they'll know the rules and the ins and outs and all the little quirks and little things that that we don't know. So yep. when you have a, someone that just comes once or comes twice, there's people to guide you. If we were all there for our first time, um, nothing mm-hmm. would get accomplished. Right. You know, uh, so there's a lot of value in having those people that do come back year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, what I like about uh, going to Grand Lodge is it shows me the true nature of Oddfellows and how um, diverse its framework is meant for. Like there's a lot of different people that show up at the BC Grand Lodge. And I can only imagine what it's like in, you know, England or uh, in Denmark and see what their sovereign version of Sovereign Grand Lodge looks like and who is showing up at those meetings and the level of diversity. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that England's is relatively diverse mm-hmm. um, we've got grand lodges in the philippines like who's showing up there and what are they talking about what's the same what's different mm. you know um and i think that bc is a very diverse landscape and the framework of Oddfellows has been in place since you know for a long time to be inclusive and to let all these different types of people all be odd fellows mm. So what is, I'm going to jump on that. So what is Grand Lodge's current, Grand Lodge of BC's current strategy on growth? Well, Grand Lodge doesn't necessarily have a strategy on growth. You know, I mean, it probably does, but our strategy is to care for the lodges that exist currently, right? It is um, really up to the lodges to grow themselves, right? Like... Lodge one is in charge of growing Lodge one. Lodge yeah. two is in charge of growing Lodge two. And if a group of people want to become Oddfellows and they came to Grand Lodge, we would help them out. But we, as I say, our time is committed to those mm-hmm. four topics. Mm-hmm. So we are we do not have an advertising campaign to create a new lodge somewhere. You know, like 
that would be a growth strategy for Gr Sovereign Grand Lodge. Sending out a Grand Lodge. Grand Lodge. Uh, sorry, yeah, Grand Lodge of BC. <laughs> Every time Aaron says Sovereign Grand Lodge, he means BC. That's correct. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, full disclosure. Um, so our, if Grand Lodge was having a growth strategy, that's what it would be. Some kind of advertisement to say, start up a new lodge, right? And so we're not really trying to start up new lodges. Uh, that's for sure. So but we are maintaining the ones that exist mm -hmm. and we do have communications to try to help those lodges grow their membership a little bit. You know, it's it's sort of off off the side of our table. Jim will do this, for example. Jim knows how to grow lodges. So when he's in the middle of some other area meeting with different odd fellows, he'll be talking to them about different growth strategies, mm. like how to grow their lodge. But it's really the growth of the lodge is on the lodge. Right. And Jim Jim is Jim Stiven. Jim uh, Stiff, uh, Victoria One and he was yeah. he's the most recent Grand Warden. Before you. Before me. Yeah. yeah okay. He's a uh, deputy grandmaster. So this has been my theory on on how the hierarchy of of lodges and the grands work is that it is very much up to the membership to grow their own members. It's you know, Grand Lodge is not going to tell you which friend of yours is the best ma match. But I think there's a a level of uh, so I had this example of, of jobs, and it was it was uh, on another podcast. Uh, Lisa Jean and Eric, if you want to listen to Eric Brambles. Oh, you went? Yeah. No. Nice. No, I didn't. Oh. But he no, uh, had this example of how jobs are created in a city, mm. and they were the the guest was explaining this that jobs are created in a city based on the activity and the decisions and the investment at a federal and a provincial and a city level. And so this analogy that I'm applying to Oddfellows is, okay, the reason why the city grows is that the city has opportunities for people to come and want to live there. And some of those are generated by the province and, and supported by the province or the state, and some of those are supported by, and, uh, by the federal. So federally, they go on and make a free trade deal with the United States. Provincially, we negotiate some kind of, I don't know, softwood lumber type situation or something like that. And then locally, we build, you know, the city builds enough houses for these people to come live in. And so I, I kind of, I believe that Oddfellows in its Grand Lodge structure has to have some similar, it can't just leave it up to the five people in, in Grumpy Springs, Idaho, to say where there's only five of us here, we can never grow this lodge. When, when we know that Idaho is full of people that want to be odd fellows, right? Because Grand Lodge secretaries getting information, getting requests. So this is my challenge to Grand Lodges: Why don't you have a strategy for growing? Is it just that you have four things that are too busy, or is it that yeah. it's not the politically acceptable that the members in yeah. Grand Lodge right now aren't interested? I think it comes down to the lodges. The, historically speaking, I think we're doing a lot better with communication, mm -hmm. and I think there's been a lot of improvements over the last few years. Right. You know, going back historically, um, before us, communication was poor. There was a lot of uh, trust issues between lodges and Grand Lodge. Mm. They did not want to be told what to do. They did not want anyone sticking their nose in the like the lodge's business if grand lodge came in and made suggestions people would get upset think we're trying to take over or boss them around or take control 
Mm. Um, so I don't see that hmm. working out in any sort of positive way. I've had lots of different lodges ask me questions, you know, what do you do? Like Bastion mm -hmm. came from nothing mm -hmm. to, you know, a good sized lodge in just a few years. So what do you do to grow your lodge? I will stand there for hours and talk about it. And we appreciate it. <laughs> I, I can't make them do it. Right. Right. Uh, Grand Lodge is there to support if they, like we can support them financially if they need some help with certain things that they're unable to sustain themselves, mm -hmm. but they are supposed to be self-sustaining as best that they can mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and growing. We even own real estate that they can use. We That's why we try to keep the buildings. If we mm -hmm. can right. keep the buildings so that if there's a town like Port Alberni, right now Port mm -hmm. Alberni is just a rental. We just collect the income and then we can use that to help other lodges. If a lodge ever wants to form up in Port Alberni, there is a building that Grand Lodge will let them use well, for nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just sitting there. It's just sitting there. So yeah. there's people aren't using them. So that's... Did you say Grantham Hall? The one in Courtney? In Courtney. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a nice building. Yeah. And, and a nice Summerland. spot. Summerland as well. Just sitting there. So we have... We can help in that way if yeah. there's interest in the community to build a lodge. Um, we do not have the finances to send crews of people into these areas where there is no lodge and try to recruit in the yeah. town and try to create a lodge from scratch. Mm -hmm. There kind of has to be someone there. I understand that, that being a, mm -hmm. a point of conflict for a lodge that is small in a town and, and out of their own choice Sorry, listeners. Uh, if you ch if if you're not growing, it's if your lodge is not growing, it's your your choice that that the lodge is not growing. I think we have tolerance uh, for something that might be intolerable. That there's a uh, a support system for a lodge that's small, and they might have a great building and so forth, um, but they're not using the asset. To the best of their ability or they're not growing their lodge and and i i i would think that in grand lodge even though they might be resistant to uh, influence it's the place where grand lodge should influence they should influence i know this is political this is very it's political okay. can lead a but, horse it, to water. but it's what like you have a good building we, we are not a persecutory organization, okay. like as we are at the moment. Maybe Grand Lodge was in the I'm past. I'm my I, case that I'll I really never be sovereign Grand Master. I'll never <laughs> yeah. be Grand Master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really just took himself running. This is like the opposite of a, of a yeah. speech. <laughs> well, and, and there's, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely two schools of thought there. And we, we, um, we, are, we offer the carrot at, at current. We make sure that the lodges that exist have all the support that we can offer them, okay. mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, money, uh, consultation, you know, we have members on Grand Lodge that know how to grow membership, so if they mm -hmm. have questions, we answer them, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's not, we are not in a, a role to tell them what they should be doing, Okay. Mm -hmm. right? And it's, not, it's not what we do. And the buildings, so if there's a, a small lodge, like you, you had uh, mentioned, that there's a small lodge using that building and they're not necessarily growing. Jim Stiven had the idea of what if we start like a new, a new lodge in that building. Mm -hmm. right. um, well, the old original owners of the building don't necessarily agree with that. Right. They want, they think if new members are coming in, they should join their lodge. 
there's some conflict sometimes about older lodges refusing to make changes or, mm -hmm. or be accommodating to new younger members and it creates a conflict so yeah. then a suggestion is why don't we let them keep carrying on and if there's a, a group of new people that want to start start up a different one kind of mm -hmm. um, how Bastion came about yeah and um, it creates conflict in the building um, right whoever owns the building so here i'll give this as an example uh, this building yeah. here in victoria is owned by lodge number one lodge number two if lodge number one and number two said no no they're you know bastion can go ahead and get a charter from grand lodge we don't have to allow them to use our building or we can charge them rent because we think that they should join one of our lodges well if that group doesn't want to join one of those lodges because they have different views or different goals um where do they go? Now they're meeting in someone's basement or they're meeting in a you know, a restaurant, it's expensive, or they have to pay for space or rent space. So we can't make someone who owns a building accept a new lodge mm, if right. they don't want to. It's not our building. Yeah. The buildings that we do own, we can make those decisions. But buildings that are owned by other lodges, mm -hmm. we cannot. We can offer mm -hmm. suggestions or advice if it's asked. But it's um, their building. It's their yep. building, okay. yeah. So there's our hands are tied in some ways. You know, um, Grand Lodge can't tell people what to do with the red roller cart either. Yeah, because that's owned by a lodge too. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have we don't get to say what happens there. Do you and feel like sometimes by the time lodges reach out to you because they're struggling that it's maybe past a certain tipping point too? So it's hard to help them because it's already maybe down to six members and how do you resuscitate that or do you think that people or would you, okay so if you were speaking to a lodge right now that was feeling like it was on the verge of struggling is it better to talk to you early versus last ditch effort because earlier on you can offer suggestions that might allow for some help in action versus like this is our last ditch effort and then there's only so much you can do be, as grand lodge to advise because there are six members left yeah Earlier is always better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, you have knowledge, skills, and abilities to advise people, but yeah. they need the capacity to yeah, they gotta do that. They got to ask the question and they have yeah. to be receptive. I mean, the best advice we could give them is to tell them to go to a Tony Robbins event. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they'll just be, you know, a little All easier jazzed to get up. along with, right? And Everyone high will, fives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send them to go see some Chess motivational bump. speaker oh my God. and then they'll just solve their problem because <laughs> if they don't perceive to have a problem, Mm. then they don't have a problem. And yeah. it's not until they recognize that they have a you know problem that they're going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So if we decide that they have a problem and they don't believe they have a problem, well, it, we, like Becky says, we own some buildings, we don't own other buildings. Mm -hmm. The buildings that we own, we can uh, have a say in what happens in those spaces. Mm -hmm. Right, They're ours. Right. The ones that belong to individual lodges are theirs. Yeah. And they can do whatever they want there. Right. Okay. It's their space. Yeah. You know, we can't tell them what to do in their homes either. Yeah. So it's, it is it is case by case, mm -hmm. you know, on that level. Um, but we're, we're, yeah, we're totally open to um, people asking us for help. And to be honest, mm -hmm. I don't really remember any lodge reaching out to us asking us how to grow their membership. I can't remember that. No, in, it's been in two plus years. I don't think that that request has never been sent to Grand Lodge. No, 
for me, it's been conversations at sessions where there's a yeah. couple of people standing with a drink or yeah. over dinner, and they're like, hey, you guys went from this many to this many. How'd you do that? Yeah. Mm. Plus, um, you're very approachable. Am I? Yes. Okay. Thank so, you. <laughs> excellent segue point. Yes. So, mm-hmm. sessions. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what is sessions? Scott? <laughs> What is Grand Lodge session? Uh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask here. Uh, correct me, others, when you can. A sessions is what? An annual? It's like an AGM. Annual AGM, yeah. It's an AGM um, where we all gather from across the province, and it's not just the um, direct uh, Grand Lodge members meeting. It's all the other uh, representatives that go. Mm-hmm. Um, did we cover how many? We did mention that some of the lodges get more representatives than others. You've already done that. A little bit. So okay. you, there's a there's a, a membership limit that is everyone gets one vote, uh, one representative, yeah. and then there's a fifty over fifty over fifty. You get a second, and over a hundred, you get a third. And each of those individuals are a vote. And and I'm pretty like sure the bylaws okay. only has over fifty. Right. I don't Probably know. Probably over fifty. <laughs> what a great a goal for somebody. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, the lodges send their members uh, anyway, their representatives, and uh, I don't know. And who? And but because he, he haven't corrected him, so he's, he must mm-hmm. be right. He's good. Um, any member, third degree member, can go and not vote, but just sit in and listen. Correct. Uh, Again, head nods. Great any podcast. member can go. Any member. Right on. Right? So okay. we had uh, Rachel Murphy came one year. Mm-hmm. She was an initiate, okay. I think, and she came with me. I was the, the representative, and she was an initiate. So all they would do is ask her to stand outside so that they can open the meeting in the Grand Lodge degree. Right. And they would then do, or they would they lower it to a third, and then they put on their Grand Lodge degree for any of the past Noble Grands that are there wanting that degree. Once that's done, they would lower it to whatever degree our guests, that hmm. we have guests at. So we would only request that um, you know advance, we know in advance who's coming so that we can lower it to the correct degree. And okay. at that point, they can sit in and um, hear and be a part of everything. Mm-hmm. They would have mm-hmm. no voice or no vote, uh, but they can listen and report back and ask questions and okay. stuff like that. And then at the very end, they would step out because it has to be brought back up to Grand Lodge right. degree to close. Okay. But probably great for making connections and getting a sense of mm-hmm. what the overarching conversations are, if you're curious. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. And what different Schmooze. types of people make up odd, odd fellows in BC? Right. There's just a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. You know, that I always find that just fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy that kind of uh, um, part of our society, not just in odd fellows, but in general. Because yeah. I think we think we're diverse here, or I'll speak for myself in this building, because we have the three lodges. So we have B4, women, mm-hmm. C2, men, B1, mixed. Uh, B1, I would say, has also has, has perhaps has the broadest age range overall. You guys have Jerry, but like, there's a few. <laughs> God love him. Yeah, that's it. But, yeah, but, but, gen- but you know what I mean? Like there's, uh, yeah. We so, so, so I feel like in some ways we're diverse, but just some of the, the conversations we're having before we recorded that like, heck no, you go to sessions and you're like, oh, odd fellow membership is, is a very, very broad stripe of people, which is cool that we're connected by yeah. the premise of FLT, but there are a lot of different walks of life and a certain amount of belief structure differences and that kind of thing. We all show up for the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that hit me hard because I, I was saying I only went uh, the once as an official representative, I think, maybe twice. 
Um, but you start off the meeting in the morning, and uh, I envisioned it being kind of a reflection of my own lodge as to how things would operate. Mm. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a little shocking, and, and like you say, there are a lot of regional differences. Um, there's a whole bunch of procedures. Uh, people are shouting out Robert's rules and... Um, <laughs> And, uh, point of order. Point of order. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a little, a little overwhelming at mm. first. Uh, not what I was expecting. But uh, so I guess maybe a little continuity there. If you are sending the same reps a few years in a row, it might be a little easier the second time around. <laughs> be less shock. A little, be a less, less, a little less shock. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, dear God, what do I get myself into? I'm here for how many more days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But then uh, I found the next day actually after after the meeting was over, um, a little more of a social atmosphere out in the lounge, and uh, that was a lot better. I, mm -hmm. You really get a feel for uh, for the other lodges and how they're how they're doing and operating, and yeah, I don't know, a little personal connection there, I think. Mm. But yeah, dropping you right into the the meeting is <laughs> a little <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, no warnings. <laughs> so we, we we did some hypothesis reminiscing of what Grand Lodge sessions would have been like because we're looking at black and white photos of these big rooms full of people staring back at a camera, like our guest from Vancouver, uh, Hemlock, said. You know, it's kind of a creepy photo of all these people just staring back at this uh, at the end of the hall, but uh, end of the banquet hall. But it was a full room. Like there was hundreds of people going to. Grand Lodge sessions. Um, there were more lodges in the jurisdiction, there would have been representation, but there would have been more people going for whatever was going on. So Grand Lodge sessions right now has been distilled down to pretty much business. Mm -hmm. And then there are some, there have been some activities or work groups or other exploratory things. Um, when I was here in Victoria, I was part of a work group that spun around. We had a topic, like a topic jar or whatever, and we worked through kind of problem, lodge problems. Mm -hmm. But um, what other things have we, have you guys seen at Grand Lodge uh, here or you've heard about elsewhere? Heard about? So going back historically, I, and this is just stories, but um, yeah, it would be a week long thing. The Rebecca's would meet, like the Rebecca Assembly. Uh, the Grand Lodge of BC, uh, they would meet together in a location. They attend each other's meetings, banquets, and things like that. Uh, it was um, it was a holiday. You get to see all these people from around the province that you only get to see once a year. Mm -hmm. It's always done in a hotel and conference center, and they would kind of change up the location, so it's always neat and new. Um, yeah, everybody would, lots of stories about dressing up, um, yeah, fancy dinners, things like that. It was a social event. They had their business that they had to, you know, to get through because this is an AGM that has to be recorded and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was also a social, it was a social thing. It was supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. As the years went on, membership does decline. So we have less lodges than we used to in the past. Um, often those are only sending one representative and we might get a representative from you know Alberta or Saskatchewan and one or two from the states 
so that's the group has sort of whittled down to a sort of a core group and it's just had last few years have been business mm. right get through the order of business as quickly as possible open do your degree go through your um your election your nominations elections process get that organized is there any business that has to be discussed approve budget you know super business oriented mm-hmm. and in the evening after the first day of meetings there still would be a bit of social stuff which is awesome like that's where we would get to actually chat and talk with people and learn about them and and their lodges so that was always interesting um, and then there would be usually a little bit of business the next day and then we're gone so you're not getting to know these people the same as you would mm. have in the past uh, cost is a big factor mm-hmm. uh, right now with after COVID, costs have gone up substantially. The Rebecca Assembly and the Grand Lodge are going to be discussing if we can help with any sort of subsidies because we would like to see those numbers come back up. Mm-hmm. If we can't, if costs stay as high as they are, people don't want to pay $1,000 to go away for a week and hang out at these meetings. Mm-hmm. It's too expensive. Um, what about billeting? <laughs> like hockey teams yeah it depends where it is like yeah. if it's an area that has enough members yeah <laughs> absolutely i think they like the idea of the hotel they of course. like the yeah, dinner nice. being served to them they like staying in the rooms they like having the lounge it, it makes mm-hmm. it feel more of a okay like a little bit more yeah social party yeah yeah uh, we would like to increase that membership it doesn't just have to be representatives that come it can be anyone who's curious you know initiates third degree doesn't matter Um, but yeah how do you increase that when they're not it's it's coming out of pocket right Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. we have tried the year before covid kicked in and shut it all down jim tried to do the roundtable discussions where we had some big topics sort of for lodges around the province Mm -hmm. And he had groups at different tables that would discuss it and then you would sort of move through the topics and then present your ideas and thoughts uh, to the group as a whole. It was really, oh, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Um, and everybody really seemed to like it. The feedback we got from that was really good. Mm-hmm. So how do you create more things like that to mm-hmm. make it more fun and more social, more interesting, as well as getting some work done and accomplished? But also keep that cost down. Right. You know, for if, if you want more people to come, I can't ex- we can't expect them to all be paying all that out of pocket. But the lodges, especially with smaller memberships, they can't afford to pay for all those people to go either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's a that's a little bit of a catch twenty two. We want to increase people coming. We want to do more fun, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Hands are a little bit tied. Have you considered paying for um, a facilitator like someone who's trained in public engagement public participation because what you described that Jim did is a world cafe so and I think you know this is my local government hat showing Mm -hmm. is that there are different types of tabletop exercises that you do with the public to get ideas out that help um, cater to different personality types so that you're coming up with an output it's not a bunch of like kind of one-way or unrecorded things so is that something that Grand Lodge has ever considered as paying an outside person to help facilitate some conversations to get um, some of these ideas out in different formats that are a bit more diverse than I the, a that. straightforward 
Hmm. Budget no. has always been an issue for Grand Lodge up until very, very recently. We've up saved until Aerosmith building. Yeah, and we have reduced the travel time or the travel costs significantly with a Zoom channel. Mm-hmm. So we would be going to Vancouver like once a month. Yeah. Like how much would that cost? So no kidding. Um, that was a day out of our lives and also Grand Lodge paid for that. Right. Right. You know, hmm. for us to go there. So we have saved all of that money mm-hmm. for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. That is 24 meetings that we did not have to pay for. Mm-hmm. So we have saved Grand Lodge a massive amount of money. Yeah, so that, that, <laughs> that isn't something that's been looked into or discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know what something like that would cost. And is there value paying for that if you've only got 15 people attending? If we can get the membership or the not membership necessarily, but attendance up, then heck yeah, I'm all over that. Mm -hmm. Right now it's hard to get the attendance up. We get the mainlanders that don't want to come to the island because it's too expensive Mm -hmm. and they can't afford the ferry and the hotels in Victoria are really expensive. You get the island that does the same thing. Oh, I don't know the mainland, the ferries are too expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we subsidize that so that people can go? Mm -hmm. Grand Lodge is operating with a surplus right now. Um, but we've been spending it all on lodges that have been right. suffering because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are we really, do we have a surplus? You are like the government. <laughs> You're helping. Right. Like our operating lodge. budget has a bit of a surplus, but our, our fund, our account, yeah. sorry, that I write mm-hmm. checks out of to help these lodges is operating at a huge deficit. Yeah. Like yeah. double. And, and where is it chicken and the egg, right? Like, do you invest the money to give those 15, 20 people a super awesome time? So it's money out of pocket, but mm-hmm. they go back to their lodges and they're like, that was the, that was like blew my socks off. So you're investing in the next year. Yeah. Word of mouth. It's a very corporate right? idea though. Yeah. But yeah. long-term investment, I don't think like a five-year ROI to this group mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it's something that they would ever consider. Well, I think selling it's, somebody well, now, if we knew that, but a 200 year organization, you have to think like that yeah. I think you have to think I of longer think term trends that's not how they've been mm. thinking for mm. a while because they've been thinking about their dollars and they've been thinking about who's I think we're who's just doing what in their neighborhood instead mm. of mm-hmm. we're just starting yeah. to shift that mm-hmm. um, and it was just starting to happen unfortunately right before COVID right right uh, we were starting to get you know, how can we make Grand Lodge more interesting. What can we bring or who can we bring? Mm-hmm. Who can speak? What ideas? Mm-hmm. What can we do that is going to make this worth people's time? So it's not just a boring business meeting. Yeah, and it is and then everybody that away. did host the World Cafe. Mm-hmm. And the result yeah. of it ultimately was that we found that communication, the word communication was the most important aspect mm-hmm. that was missing mm-hmm. from the relationship between Grand Lodge and the individual lodges. Yeah. So we've taken that piece of information from that exercise right. and implemented that as best as we can. That's awesome. You know, and yeah. uh, we still get complaints, but I think they're worth <laughs> Fewer. You'll Fewer. always get complaints. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that that is something that would be totally doable mm-hmm. uh, to have some kind of facilitator come in. I do mm-hmm. think that attendance needs to be up. I think we need to solve the financial issue of holding these these sessions somebody said it Um, once i can't remember who it was but someone when we were at a grand lodge meeting someone said you know everyone who was an odd fellow used to be rich (laughs) i was like i've heard that i was like oh so these things of the past are like you know this is what a bunch of rich folk did you know they all Mm. went to an expensive 
hotel and spent tons of money and showed up in tuxedos and that's what they did mm-hmm. you know that's and thing. they had the money to do it and they enjoyed doing it mm-hmm. and at the moment that is not the membership of odd fellows mm-hmm. in the province mm-hmm. you know there's not that many tuxedos in closets in the if you took the whole total odd fellow membership in bc i don't know how many tuxedos are owned they're all rented <laughs> i don't own one but they used to all have one you know this is the group mm-hmm. this yeah. is the population of odd fellows you look in those photos yeah yeah that's who they were you were late for a meeting i think we a uh, hundred years ago today somebody missed a meeting ten dollars was the fee oh that's a hundred years ago yeah you that's missed a, a meeting it was yeah. ten bucks so months like, wages. Do that today. People would be like, ten bucks. Like, yeah, yeah. Even if it was just ten bucks. A hundred years ago, <laughs> it was ten dollars if you missed a meeting. Think about that for a second. Yeah. So this is the population of Oddfellows a hundred years ago versus the population of Oddfellows today. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the you know, when we do talk about the evolution of Oddfellows in Lodge One and at Grand Lodge, that these are parts of the things that we have to remember. The mm-hmm. the the composition of members in Odd Fellows in BC is much different than it was a hundred mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. and we have to be oh, reflective yeah. of our membership. Yeah, it was brewery owners, bar uh, hotel owners. It was a different crowd hundred years ago, and I get that. And and by necessity too of again that like the guild protection, of, right? There was a lot of carpenters and other. Yeah, I'm gonna say we have brewery owners and yeah, we But 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 they have insurance. In otherwise, they're in not relying lodge. on odd yeah, fellowship. But, uh, to... We're talking about odd fellows BC wide, <laughs> yeah. right? So these grand yeah. lodge sessions were BC wide, and they were, mm-hmm. as you say, big events. Yeah, like, it was. And rough. some of it's with your times, right? You go back a hundred years and or even fifty years. Your family is living well off one wage. Mm-hmm. You own a house, you own cars, you can take family vacations, mm-hmm. your kids can go to school. Now the same family will need two full-time wages to pull that off. Right. Things are a little bit tighter. Cost of living is, is a lot higher mm-hmm. compared to incomes, I think. Like yeah. I, you know, I know we can all drink less coffee and then maybe pay for a hotel. Mm-hmm. But then it's what people like and enjoy doing has changed and shifted as well. It's not just people's incomes, finances, and cost of living. It's their mm-hmm. their likes, their dislikes, what they want to spend their one week of holidays doing. If mm-hmm. you get one week off, what do you want to do with it? Mm-hmm. Right? Do you want to sit in a meeting and listen to bylaws? Or do you go to Mexico and get a drink on the beach? I'm going to Grand Lodge. I'm going for the bylaws. Because you already went to Mexico. That's I already why. went to Mexico. That's why. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, but pretend you, you get one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you choosing? I'm, yeah. I'm not going to talk about a... my vacation time. No. Yeah. 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 yeah, so it's different times. So how, yeah. how, do you, how do you cater to that and make things relevant yeah. in, a, in a totally new time mm-hmm. and with di- people with different needs? Has there ever a conversation about having any of it digitally or doing a hybrid model? We have the last few years held our AGM uh, via Zoom. Yep. Uh, we've had about oh, 40, 40 people. It actually went really well. Oh, good. <laughs> they went really well. I oh, was good. super impressed. I was prepared for absolute chaos. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Um, they did. They went pretty good. Wow, it's really good. Uh, we've done a, ahead of time, we did the degree like Grand Lodge degrees, mm-hmm. um, separate. separate. So we would just have a small groups. So the Grand Lodge executive and then the right. few past grands that want to do the degree, we would do that as a Zoom. So it's super easy, 30 minutes maybe. The Grand Lodge AGM, you know, there's about 40. It's We had to really 
dial everything back a lot. So we're just passing budget. We're just doing a couple of really basic things to try to con our, um, for, for the BC societies. Right. We have to comply. Right. Yeah. So the least amount. So we weren't having um, big things being passed, motions, discussions, stuff like that. Everything was going to be tabled to mm -hmm. an in-person meeting because I think that that would be impossible to do on Zoom. Right. I was just going to say, you know, we're leaping forward into the digital age here, mm -hmm. finally. Um, but when was Chilliwack? Uh, was that five, six mm. years mm. ago? Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, somebody was quite, uh, uh, or some consternation that things hadn't been sent out by registered mail as <laughs> dictated in the bylaws. I think, oh, oh, yeah, no, so, we need like stamps. I mean, that's how sealed. far we have to come, right? Fair, like, yeah. Uh, Pony Express. Pony Express. Mm. Yeah. Some people yes. will call it tradition and they love the tradition that they're calling tradition and other people will call it something else, you know, unnecessary work, mm. right? So the two identities for the same action, unnecessary work versus tradition, you know? Mm. Yeah. As, as the person who has to send out the registered mail, <laughs> Becky may have something to say on that topic. <laughs> when people bring things like that up, for example, like let's do more things digital, let's we can do these AGMs or at least do the certain things through Zoom. Um, what can, yeah, emails versus registered mail or like hard mm. copies and they have to be like stamped and sealed, sealed. and mailed. Like it's, awesome. it's a huge process and then it's, you've got postage costs. So when people bring that up that they love the tradition, I will ask them if they would like for their annual dues to increase. Right. And they all say, absolutely not. $65 to Grand Lodge is enough. I'm like, great. Then what I'm doing brings the postage costs down keeps it at $65 because postage costs have doubled yeah and yeah. printing costs have doubled yeah registered mail for me to send you something registered mail is like 15 bucks wow times 15 lodges times 10 times a year that I would I mean come on so yeah. if yeah. you would like for your uh, annual per capita dues to increase then absolutely we can keep up with this if you want to keep them at $65 where they've been at for the last five or six years um, then we need to make a few little yeah. cuts. Great, great example. <laughs> we use of, the interwebs. Every <laughs> idea is accepted, but there's a pro and con, and we'll vote on the pros and cons. Yeah. And but every idea has to be tabled, and you have to listen to it, just like yeah. at a lodge. Mm -hmm. What is mm -hmm. what is the will of the lodge? I mean, Grand Lodge is a lodge. Yeah. yeah. It's just a different lodge. Mm. It's Grand Lodge. Yeah. If they you want know? everything stamped, signed, sealed, and registered mail, a hundred percent. Yes, we can do that. That will put us in the red. Mm -hmm. and, you know, could, yeah. I should say could put us in the red yeah. and in order to operate within our budget then we would probably have to increase per capita dues I would say it in a you know, nicest way possible right. but um, what do you want yeah absolutely yeah. if that's what you want then yeah. yes we can make that happen yeah, yeah. time totally. and money get a positive totally get, put it in an emotion make it a positive vote at the lodge yep. you know at the grand lodge and right. we'll make it happen Okay. You know, what is the will of the lodge? Like, in your local lodge, you have the same issues come up. Somebody mm -hmm. says this, somebody says that, blah, blah, blah. You know, is there any discussion? Sometimes there's a lot, and then there's a vote. Yeah. It happens yeah. the same. Okay. You know, uh, it happens the same for us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to make a motion for every single decision we make, just like at the lodge. Sometimes there's decisions that the lodge makes. They did not get a motion for it, mm -hmm. you know? Like... Uh, so if we don't have to get a motion, we don't. If we do, we do. Mm -hmm. right. It is mm -hmm. just another lodge. Okay. Right. So I want to 
I want to pivot just as we close out mm. here, but I didn't ca- we didn't catch. How old are you, Aaron? I am 47. And ballpark range for Becky? <laughs> Asking us all. Yeah, 29. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I try to tell my kids 29. They call me out on it all the time. Uh, 42. I believe I'm 48. I'd have to do the math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have to count your registered mail birthday cards. Okay. So then on the closeout, we've talked a bit about, you know, we wouldn't, we Grand Lodge sessions is not going to change unless there's more participation and so forth. But, you know, what would be something you each would see as a, com- you know, an, a compelling reason for you to attend sessions? Or if there was something that was new and exciting that maybe you would like to see there. Um, Can I say alcohol? (laughs) 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 The social part of it. Mm. Yeah, 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 beer aside. But that being able to chat with people all around the province. What's it like in your town? What does your lodge do? Mm. The, The funnest part of the sessions for me is always listening to the lodge reports. Mm-hmm. And I always try to encourage lodges to send a report with their representative. What'd you do this year? Mm-hmm. What did you donate to? Um, mm-hmm. How much? Mm-hmm. What organizations? Did you bring in any new members? Give us a, just a, a five-minute spiel of what you've been up to. And mm-hmm. it is awesome to hear what everyone does in all the different provinces. And what a great idea to get it, or way to get ideas. These guys did this great thing that worked and got members. These guys had this awesome fundraiser. We could do that in our lodge. I'm gonna go talk to him later. Mm-hmm. Um, I love hearing the lodge reports. I would like to hear more and do more of that kind of positive stuff. Talking mm-hmm. about growth, talking about fundraising, talking about what Odd Fellows do, then bylaw 27D needs to be rewritten because that word's wrong. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Are those reports available online for someone to look at retroactively? Uh, if I get them in, I would print them in the so the, the so no. secretary <laughs> will, easy fashion. The, the secretary will put out a advanced proceedings before the sessions, so the lodge will get a copy for the lodge and a copy for another representative. Uh, that's all the business and things that are going to be discussed. So your proposed budget, um, any motions that are going to be coming up bylaw changes, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and there will be some letters and things like that too from executive or from around the province and committee reports, stuff like that. So it can all be discussed. At the end of sessions, there will be a journal of the proceedings, which will have the minutes of the proceedings and anything that comes up. So all the discussion and decisions, if their lodges do a report, some of them will just stand up and speak. So if they stand up and speak and it can be transcribed, cool, mm-hmm. then we can do that. Uh, a lot of them don't. They don't stand up and speak. They don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it would be better if they stand up and speak and then also hand in a paper copy of what they're speaking on. Then that paper copy would get printed in the journal. So mm-hmm. then, yes, everyone around the province can read it. So yeah. if they want more communication from Grand Lodge, I'm going to push uh, for the lodges to also provide us with more communication mm-hmm. that we can then provide with the whole province. Okay. Do you guys supply a template to lodges to fill out to help facilitate the, that kind of reporting for at least some of the events and stuff? So it's for like prompts? Not for lodge reporting. I will do that. Mm. I send out a whole package every year with the uh, that has the membership, the per capita dues, there's a whole 
The 19 documents you send. There's a big pile. And then yeah. there's like, do you have anybody you want to nominate for a Grand Lodge yeah. position? Do you have anyone to nominate for a district deputy mm -hmm. grandmaster? Do you have any past mm -hmm. grands that need the Grand Lodge degree? So there's all these forms. Um, yeah, someone totally remind me or email me that. Okay. But there's, yeah, yeah. there's a committee report form. But yes, I can send out a Lodge report form. I'll just create a template and add it to the 20 pages now. There you go. <laughs> You're next. Oh me, um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's like it's much like Becky. It's it's the social part right. of it that that I mean, it's entertaining for sure to go to these things because there is such a, a diversity across the province, and that's reflected at the meetings uh, right. for sure. Um, the the meeting, the AGM itself, uh, it went a little long when I was there. Things have probably changed. It's been five or six years since I've been right. so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all business. Does it feel validating though when you go there and you hear about other lodges doing cool things and you're like, sweet, I am part of a really neat organization that does yeah. things or not only in Victoria but around the province. Yeah, I imagine sure. there's a certain amount of energy that comes There's a certain from that. amount of energy. Uh, you do get a sense of where there's problems, you know, where uh, lodges need some help, mm -hmm. um, assistance, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, you just get a real feel for what's going on mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, we get a little isolated here in Victoria, I think. Mm -hmm. And we are, you know, blessed with this building, which um, is beautiful. And some of those lodges do not have access to something, a mm -hmm. resource like that. So it makes all the difference for us. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy Grand Lodge for uh, the same same as the two of them mentioned the diversity of the people that go there um, I do like the forward trajectory of Grand Lodge as well like I we are a volunteer organization so it moves at the speed of volunteer work there is lots that can be done yeah and so um, if anyone wanted to pick up on something and do it that's great and I I like to see what we've accomplished i like to see where we can go um it's it's just interesting it it also showed me a larger environment of odd fellowship that exists mm. it is definitely not just what's going on in victoria mm. yeah and cool. it you know makes me think of uh, odd fellowship in a you know larger scale mm -hmm. There's different, it's in different countries, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be very interesting to go to these different countries. I mean, Eric went to the one in Cuba. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Right, How cool is that? Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was great. And um, yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks to Aaron, Becky, and Scott. Hopefully we got everything in and Scott got enough uh, airtime. I don't know if he was happy with uh, being there in the first place, but he, he, he gave us some good content and uh, so did Becky and Aaron. So thank you to them. Thank you listeners for listening to us. Um, fill your day with a little bit of an odd fellowship slant. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Tara and I'll be back again soon making more Oddfellow discoveries and seeing the Oddfellowship all around us. So cheers in FLT.